Well, it's always a privilege to be able to preach. And one of my kids asked me, he said, Dad, are you nervous? Anytime you get up here, you're nervous. I'm going to be honest with you, okay? Um, you, don't, you don't take it lightly when you open up God's Word and you're, you're preaching God's Word because you're held accountable for what you're saying. So, yes, I'm nervous, okay? Uh, I want to talk to you a little bit, and I want to talk to you about um, prayer. Um, you know, I know this is a Wednesday night, and we, we you know, this is a time of, of prayer, and, um, you know, we ought to be praying. We ought to be praying. And if you have your Bibles, turn to James chapter 5. James chapter 5. We're going to start in verse 17. James chapter 5 and verse 17. James chapter 5 and verse 17, it says, Elias was a man subject to like passion as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and heaven gave rain. And the earth brought forth fruit. Father, I just thank you for the opportunity to be able to preach, Lord. I pray that you'll open up hearts. Lord, I pray that you'll hide me behind the cross. And Lord, that you'll give me the words to speak. Lord, just use me. Let me be a servant for you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I'm going to give you a couple things. and I want to give you keys to answered prayer. If I asked you, how many of you would raise your hand and say, I want my prayers answered? There's times when you want your... I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to share a little bit of, of some stuff in our life, and I'm going to become a glass house a little bit, okay? Um, and it's okay. I'm okay with that because God gets the glory for it. But I'm going to give you some keys here to answer prayer. And um, every one of us, if you haven't already, will come to a point when they need their prayers answered. Every single one of us will. You'll come to a point in your life when you need your prayers answered. You have to, first, you have to pray. If we look at this, it says, Elias was a man subject like um, passion as we are, and he prayed. The Bible says he prayed. You know what? The first thing that you have to do, the first key is to pray. You have to be able to ask. When you look up that word ask you, and you start studying it, ask means you have to, um, you have to, you have to be able to, to ask specifically. Okay? That's what that word means. The ask means specifically. That means when you're praying, and I'm as guilty as anybody in here, how many of you just go through a general prayer? I've, I've seen it in church. All right? You have somebody up here, they're getting ready to take up offering, and you call on somebody to, to, to pray for the offering, and they're standing up here and they're saying, Lord, uh, we thank you for this day. Lord, bless this food. I've seen it in church. It's just a general prayer. They're not, they're not really asking for anything. They're just saying words. 
You're talking about a general prayer. I think of that song, Sweet Hour of Prayer. I wonder how many Christians, how many of you, have taken a time where you've had a sweet hour of prayer. I'm talking actually praying for an hour. You say, man, that's a long time. I know preachers that spend two and three hours in prayer. That sweet hour of prayer. Honestly, if you're, if you're not going to pray, you can just throw the keys away right now. Because you have to be able to pray. You have to be able to ask. You see, your prayer needs to be uh, if it needs to be fervent. You have to have a fervent prayer. Prayer is a vital key that connects us with our Heavenly Father. Prayer is both, it's an incredible privilege and an awesome responsibility. It can move the hand of God in situations where there is no hope. I've been there. I've been there. My wife got the privilege of hearing this message last night. We were laying in bed and I was, I had my, my Bible open and my notes and I'm going through and um, I said, hey, listen to this. Let me ask you this. I'm talking to her and, you know, we got to talking about it. So she gets to hear this message twice. <laughs> we, need American, we need Americans and America needs prayer warriors. Oh, yeah. We really do. Us as Christians, for some reason, have stopped with prayer. Many Christians don't even spend the time to pray, let alone open up God's Word and, and see what He has to say. Gotten away from it. You see, they're not fervent. They're not diligent. When you have fervent prayer, you are diligent in your prayer. Look at James 5, verse 16. The Bible says, Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effective fervent prayer of the the righteous man availeth much. See, I think the problem is is we're getting away from the righteous man. There is so much world that we are integrated with on a daily basis. You walk out of these doors at this church and just start walking down the street. Even right now. Look how much stuff, the billboards, the music, especially in the summertime. In the summertime, it sounds like a rock concert or a rap concert going up and down the street. And the sad part about it is is Satan uses that stuff in, in our lives because... The old Michael used to listen to things like that. So do you know what happens when those songs come on and and I've heard them? Start playing back in my head. You see, you've got to be careful about that. But the Bible also, I want you to see, we have to be persistent. You have to be persistent in your prayer. When a person is right with God, the the power of his sincere prayer is tremendous. The 
condition for that promise, when a person is right with God, and pray sincerely. You see, fervent prayer is the hardest kind of work that there is to do. It is. I told my wife, you know, we were talking and I said, you know, we were talking about me preaching and she said, I know how you are every time after you finish preaching. There's a spiritual battle going on. It's, you know, for, for anybody that stood up here, opened the Word of God and preached this book, when they get done preaching, they're tired. You should be. You should be tired. You should be giving it your all. Think about Christ in the garden. He's praying. What does the Bible say? What, what come off of him? Drops of blood. I, I've got to be honest with you, I've never prayed so hard that I started bleeding. I haven't. But I think in our Christian life, we can do better in prayer. I really do. I think, and this is convicting my heart as well. Our natural tendency is to shrink back when it comes to praying for the impossible. It is. We shrink back and we, we think we're not going to pray for the impossible. Real quickly, for those of you that don't know, my wife is, standing, or is sitting right here. Stand up and wave at everybody. We're still working on obedient no that's my wife and for those of you that don't know know the the story uh my wife got covid went into heart failure and they they said she had months to live now we didn't share that with a whole lot of people okay we kept a lot of it to ourselves uh, they they placed her on the end of life drug uh, we were we were in virginia and that hospital in virginia said there's nothing else we can do and end up taking her to maryland maryland said um, you know you you need to have a pump put in we're not going to put in that pump they kind of wanted to offload her before she died um, so they put her on an end of life drug and, and allowed me to bring her to south carolina where she eventually got an lvad which is a left heart pump okay she has batteries that she wears on her side. The batteries are running that pump now to her heart, okay? So she is run by batteries, okay? I tease her all the time because every time she uh, gives me a hard time, I tell her I can unplug her, okay? And I can, but she's got 15 minutes before she's got to plug back in, okay? Um, <clears throat> but, you know, when you look at the impossible in this and, and you start praying for the impossible, I want to be honest with you. When they came and they told us that there was nothing else that we could do, we were... We weren't ready to give up. You want to talk about praying fervently? I learned it right here. This is where I learned it. There were times when we were in the hospital and, you know, things were not looking good. And we needed the impossible to happen. 
to say to say we've seen the hand of God, I wish I could show you. I wish I could. I wish I could explain it in words how the impossible happened. There is no way to explain the reason she is alive right now, other than God. I'm being serious. There's no other way to explain it. The doctors told her she'd be dead in two months. The, the hospital in Virginia said, you know, there's nothing else we can do. It's probably going to be a couple months. Um, it just went on and on. But God had a plan. And we had to trust him and we had to pray and we had to seek God's face. God answered our prayer in that hospital more than I can tell you. We've seen souls saved just because of her going into heart failure. We had prayers answered. And I'm, I'm going to be an open glass house and I'm, if, uh, I hope this doesn't offend anybody. I'm just being open with you. When we were in the hospital, I was not working. We had paid all of our bills up to that day. And I told Tammy, I said, listen, I'm going to have to go back to South Carolina. She was in Maryland at the time. I said, I'm going to have to go back to South Carolina because we have a house payment due. We have to pay our house. And she said, Michael, I really don't want you to go. I said, Tammy, I don't want to go either, but, you know, I don't know what else to do. I said, let's just pray about it. We bowed our heads in that hospital. And we prayed, and I said, Lord, we need our house payment. I don't know how, Lord, but you're going to have to do it. Lord, I'm going to trust you. She went to sleep. And I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, all right, Lord, it's yours. My phone goes off. A cousin that I have not talked to maybe twice in my life sends me a text message and said, hey, Lord laid it on my heart to send you money. I said, well, thank you. I want you to know this. I opened that account to see what she sent. She sent $1,000. My wife wakes up. I'm there by her bed, crying like a baby, and she says, what's wrong? And I said, look, look what God did. About that time, she gets a text message from this cousin. I don't even know how they have her cell phone number. Honest, I don't. But she gets a text message, and it says, hey, God laid it upon my heart to send you money. I was driving down the road and I meant to put a hundred, but I accidentally put an extra zero. You all just keep it. Whew. That happened over and over and over again the entire time she was in the hospital. You talk about 
answered prayer and what it did to the faith that we have. You say, what did that take? It took these keys. You see, first we had to ask. Then we had to diligently, fervently pray. I want you to know this. You also have to get clean. Now what I mean by that is you have to confess your sins before God. You need to make sure that you are confessing those sins on a daily basis. Don't let that stuff stack up. Get rid of it. Get it out of there. What you've done before, it's under the blood, okay? But what you've done after the fact that you've accepted Christ as your Savior, you need to ask God to forgive you for. Notice I said you need to get clean, not cleaner. Because here's what we do. God convicts us of a bunch of things and a bunch of sins in our life. We pick and choose which ones we want to ask him to forgive us for and the rest of it, we put it under a blanket prayer and say, Lord, just forgive me of all my sins. That's what we do because we don't want to really confess it. We don't really want to get clean. Well, I'm here to tell you, if you don't get yourself clean, God's not going to answer those prayers. It's important that you get yourself clean. God can do the impossible. The problem is is that we rest the power of prayer too much upon ourselves. See, we'll pray and say, Lord, I need you to take care of this, and then we try to take care of it ourselves. We do. Instead of honestly just giving it to God. We think that we are the ones that make things happen in prayer. Instead, we need to see ourselves as instruments in the Lord's hands and be able to accomplish His purpose through prayer. Prayer is an act of obedience and a privilege for believers. We are to anchor ourselves in His faithfulness and promise. We are to see the very fact that God commands us to pray is a foundation for effectiveness in our prayer. We hesitate to pray because many times we, th- we are thinking that it will do no good. But I want you to see, because James calls our attention once again to the, to the means that God has established for us doing the work among us, and that's prayer. Prayer is so important in our Christian lives. But yet so many Christians just don't do it. Or they don't do it fervently. They don't do it effectively. What is it that makes our prayer effective? You see, a fervent prayer is putting your whole self All of your attention, your mind, your will, your emotions on the thing that you're praying about. When she was in the hospital, that was the most important thing, request that I had. Was either God to lift her up or God to take her home. And I kind of got spanked by the preacher a little bit because I was on my way home from the hospital and I called him 
And I said, preacher, I said, he said, how's Tammy doing? I said, it's not good. I said, you're going to have to help me with something. I said, I'm 40, 40 years old. I, I don't know how to have a funeral bury, barrier. I don't even know where to bury you. You're going to have to help me. And you know what he said? You need to stop thinking that way. You need to start praying that God's going to raise her up. I'll never forget the text message that he sent me that says the verse about you shall come forth as gold. Man, that hit me. When he told me that and I was driving and I started thinking, I thought, man, he's right. I got home and the boys were gone. I think they were working at that time and I got home and I was just going there for a short time. I was just getting some clothes and then I was heading right back to the hospital. It was the one time I actually actually left the hospital because I think I've only left once. I stayed the entire time. I got to the house and I'm thinking about what the preacher said and about, you, you know, you need to stop thinking that way. You need to stop thinking that way. And it still, it just plays over and over. I can still hear it in my head. And I got home and I knelt down in front of my couch and I prayed fervently that God would raise her up and God would heal her and God would make it so we could spend more time together. I truly believe that God answered that prayer. Many of you were praying on our behalf we, we knew that. The cards that you all would send, the things that you all would send, I can't tell you how God, we were talking about it last night, and, and I said, you know, God was in everything from, from the very beginning of us getting together as a couple to where we are now. I was in the fire department. I was an EMT. I'm... I was able to do medical stuff. She requires to have a sterile field to uh, change the drive line, which is where the batteries connect into her stomach and go to her heart. It has to be a sterile field, which means when, when you change it, you have to be able to keep it like you're in a hospital. You don't want to accidentally touch something because if you do, you break that sterile field. It can cause an infection. Because it's an open hole, it could kill her. Because I was involved in the fire department and God used that, I was able to um, do this with no problem. They didn't even really, they, they told me that I had to take a class. The class was me going in there and him saying, here's what this is, do you know how to do this? Yes, everything's good. And all right, you're good. It was very simple. But I had some knowledge of what was going on. And, and when you think about this prayer and, and how you fervently pray about things, God, God knew ahead of time what we needed. He did. But I had to ask. Had to, I had to ask. Because if you, if you do not ask, you have to ask to be able to receive. 
fervent prayer is very important. I think about in Matthew 15, 22, and verses 22 through 28, the, the Canaanite woman, she would not take no for an answer. She asked for the daughter's healing three different times. She was rejected. But she wouldn't give up. You see, she understood that the heart of the character of the Lord Jesus Christ, she would only receive the healing of her daughter. Jesus said, Woman, you have great faith. One time in my life, I can tell you, the Lord looked at Michael and said, you have great faith. But see, we're like the children of Israel. We're, we're, we're like sheep. We're not too smart. Because we don't learn from it. She's getting ready to be evaluated to have a heart transplant. And I find myself thinking, where am I? Where is that faith? You see, the problem is, is I've been around the world too much. When I was in the hospital, this is it. This was it, her and I. Out here, you're bombarded by the world and you, you start losing that. When you think of Elijah's, Elijah's prayer was based on the word of God. Um, all of Israel had turned away from the Lord to worship Baal, the idol of God. You see, it was a cruel heathen religion. But yet God still gives him the ability to be able to, to pray fervently. Think about how they called fire from heaven. Can you imagine? Yeah. Prayer is so important. When you start thinking about prayer, prayer has divided seas. It's rolled up flowing rivers. It made rocks gush into fountains. It quenches flames of fire. It muzzled the lions. It disarmed the vipers. It burst open the iron gates. It conquered the strongest devils. It commanded legions of angels down from heaven. Yeah. Prayer has bridled and chained. And, and as, as man goes in this, starts thinking about how uh, prayer, how important prayer is. And you, when you see prayer in people's lives and people start praying and you see the results of that prayer... It's amazing what God will do. You see, I think we get away from, we don't, we're still serving the same God that shut the mouths of the lion. Those three Hebrew children that were in the flames, it's still the same God. That's what we lose sight of. We need to make sure that we get back to understanding how the Lord wants us to pray. 
You see, we need to seek God's prayer plan for our life. We do. We need to seek God's prayer plan. You say, what is God's prayer plan for my life? Open this book. Get in this book. That'll tell you what God's prayer plan is for your life. Told you we need to pray specifically. I have learned to pray specifically. And I'm still working on it. I think it's important that we, when we pray, we tell God exactly what we want, even if it's the impossible. You see, don't lose fact that, that God can't do the impossible. He can. I told you I was going to be a glass house. Tammy said, why is it that God chose to heal me, but Tyra died? Why? The only thing I can say is God used the healing of her body for his glory. And there has been souls come to know him as their personal Lord and Savior. There are people that will mention God that has never darkened the steps of, of church. With Tyra... I'm going to tell you, I'm praying fervently. Because what I want out of that, is what Tyra, is I want those kids to be saved. That's what's important for Tyra. And by God's grace, I'm praying that God will give uh, the pastor the words to speak as he's preaching, that they will, hearts will be convicted and they will not turn away from God. And they will accept Him. And when I say I'm praying fervently, I am praying diligently, fervently. I'm going to be persistent. I pray that they will come to know Him. Can you imagine Tyra has gone to be with the Lord? And, and I do believe she's with the Lord because the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Okay? She's, she's there. She was there the second it happened. She doesn't want to come back, okay? And I'm sorry if she's not an angel floating around here going to watch over us, okay? That's not Bible. That's worldly. Okay? She's not an angel. All dogs don't go to heaven. Okay? I'm sorry. Can you imagine Tyra in heaven and all of a sudden the angels start rejoicing and singing and she finds out that's because one of her kids has surrendered? Man! Sure, brother. 
I think we need to pray fervently. We need to pray fervently. We need to pray diligently for our pastor. Especially this week as he's getting ready to preach this. I've never preached a funeral. But I've heard preachers tell me it is very difficult to preach funerals when two things are there. One, the family doesn't believe, the whole family doesn't believe in God. It makes it difficult because you're, you don't want to, I'm going to be honest with you, you don't want to offend them. So you, you got to watch because you, you still want to preach the truth, but you don't want to offend them and you kind of, you know, you, you get around there, but you don't really give the plan of salvation. It's easy to do that. The other thing that makes it hard is when the person that has died was not, didn't show any fruit, that you don't believe that they were saved. That's difficult. I was in law enforcement for 22 years. And through Tammy and I's career in law enforcement, we've had um, two officers that have been killed in the line of duty. The, the first one, she was, you know, she had involvement in that, um, more involvement than it was very difficult for her, okay? That, that officer was a Catholic. The other officer that died, I was working that night. I sent him to a fight call. Supposedly it was kids fighting with a gun. He flipped around on a road and went to go hit it and he was only doing like 45, 50 miles an hour. It was 32 degrees and missed him. He lost control of his vehicle. Vehicle slammed sideways into a tree and killed him. I don't have a problem with the death. I'm going to be honest with you. He was a police officer. He was willing to give his life. What I have a problem with is Hunter's in hell right now. And he's in hell because I didn't tell him how to go to heaven. That's why he's in hell. That blood is on my hands. I wish I would have been where I am now, where I can pray fervently and God can give me the grace to be able to go talk to him. I really struggled with it. It wasn't necessarily that he was killed. People die. It's, it's going to happen. There's a 100% chance all of you are going to die. All right? It's only 99% that I'm going to die. You believe that when I'll sell you some property in the state in the middle of the United States. But I want you to understand something. When it comes to prayer and it comes to um, giving everything to God and you want your prayers answered, it's going to cost you to surrender to Him totally completely clean yourself of everything. If you want to know anything about me, you ask her right there. 
She knows the good, the bad, and the ugly. She does. You have to surrender to God. Teenagers, I truly believe that God is working on some of you to be involved in this church. I think God's calling some of you into into ministry. I want you to know I'm praying fervently that God continues to work on you. And that God will use you in this church. But first you must be a vessel that's ready. A clean vessel. That's why it's so important to keep yourself clean and pure and as a young, young person. Oh, God will forgive you. There's many of us in here that could stand and say, I could, I could tell you many things that I did as, as before I was saved. But I can tell you, when I surrendered to God and I asked Jesus Christ to save me, I didn't give him part of me. He's got all of me. You say, Michael, I could never stand up there and preach. I could never do that. Let me tell you something. When you're excited about something and you believe in something, you can do it. Because I believe everything that's in this book. I'm excited about everything in this book. And God will give you the words to speak if you trust him. You have to surrender to him. Adults, maybe some of you have kids that have grown up and they're away from the Lord. I can't tell you, never been through that part of it. Most of my kids are a little too young right now. One of them's getting ready to leave, but he's not going too far. But I encourage you not to give up, to be persistent. Pray fervently and diligently. Keep yourself clean. Take that time and and spend that sweet hour of prayer. That's why I love going out in the hunting and sitting in, in the tree stand. Being honest with you, there's many times, and you can ask my wife, I'll tell her, I have no intention of shooting a deer because after you squeeze that trigger, the work begins. All right? I'll let them three squeeze the trigger and they can take care of it. I'm not, you know, but that's my time to go out and to sit out there. And, you know, many times I just sit there and I pray. And I thank God for his creation. Anybody that hunts in here understands what I'm talking about. Because you can ask Robbie, you see things that most people will never see. 
There's a beauty about it. You've got to make sure that you are fervently praying and that you're persistent. Those are the keys. Let me ask you something. Where are you in your prayer life? Where are you? Are you at the point where, you know what? I, I'm just a, I just pray a generalized prayer. Or do you actually take time to talk to God and be specific in what you pray? If you go back and you start reading stories in the Bible and look how God answered prayer, you're going to see that they prayed specifically. I challenge you to start praying that way. I'm praying that way now for what we're getting ready to go through. Right now, we're on a mountaintop. We, do, we came through the valley. We were talking last night. We said, we, we've, we've come through the valley. We're on a mountaintop right now. But we're getting ready to go back down into that valley. And we're having to resurrender everything again. And that's okay. That's okay. Because it's not about us. It's about him. Remember what preacher said? He's coming soon. Let's do better. He's coming soon. Let's do better. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Nobody looking around.